When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And the drummer that I haven't met. <laughs> that would be me, Chris. And Chris. Hey, Chris, how are you? Hey, maybe hey. get in a little bit closer. Anna, Anna, sure. <laughs> Anna, come here. Come here. How's this? Anna, Anna? Should well, be good, yeah. I'm ready for bed. Hey, Anna. Hi, hey, Anna. Anna. It's a very good name. Anna, Hello. 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 We'll make a Thin Lizzy fan out of her yet. Cool. Right. If not a three sweet. <laughs> nice sweetheart. Yeah. She she wants to know what daddy does. I say, sweetheart, this is not what daddy does for a living. This is daddy's not giving fun. Where's uh where's Gordo tonight? Uh he, he couldn't make it tonight. So, you know, he told us to just, you know. Take it on ourselves and stuff. Probably wouldn't have been able to fit in the frame anyway. Yeah, you know? really. The, the roof is not big enough <laughs> yeah. for Gordon. Yeah, By the way, oh, representing. <laughs> nice. There you go. All right. Nice. Thank you. Thanks. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, man, thank you for having yeah, me. This is the first you. for us. This is like pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, really? Never been on any other podcast or anything before? No, no, no. not yet. No? You guys right. are first. Oh, wow. Cool. We're, we're on virgin grounds here. Never <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome to Rat Sound Review. And today we're here with the band, well, most of the band, uh, Bad Habits, the Thin Lizzy tribute band. From, Three quarters uh, of the Bad Habits, so they're not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> We've got enough bad habits between the three of us to cover everyone. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure. Uh, I'm Chris, I'm the drummer. Okay. I drums and I sing back and vocals. And I'm Jerry. I play bass and do most of the lead vocals. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm Richie Ross. Richie Ross. Your name is Richie. I'm Richie Ross. <laughs> I have one half of the, the lead guitar tandem in Bad Habits. So I the lead guitar and sing. He oh, does mostly the Scott Gorham stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Awesome. And Gordon does the rest of the, like, you know, the Brian Robinson stuff, the, uh, the John Sykes stuff, uh, the Gary Moore stuff. The showy offy stuff we know. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, Gordon. How you doing, buddy? Thanks again for that awesome uh, mirror pick card you got me for my birthday. Love you, buddy. Thanks. 
<laughs> He's good. <laughs> People love hearing that. <laughs> awesome. So when did you guys start the band? Well, we were just reviewing our history before yeah, uh, we yeah. got on. Um, well, I guess it really started with you two guys. Yeah, it was it was like the the mind child of like Richie and myself back in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we actually like got together and we started doing some some songs and stuff and started coming together. And then the, the drummer that we had picked out all of a sudden just up and left the state huh. and moved <laughs> to another state. So how do you move without like saying anything? He, he, he just, just didn't get it. <laughs> crazy. I wasn't mean, that dedicated, I guess. I just, I've pretty, seen ID Discovery shows like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, was just, it was just out of hand. So he, he just like disappeared on us, and uh, nothing became of it until 2009. Yeah, 2009. Yeah, and then uh, he calls me up, tells me he's got a guitar player. You know that that's a big thing. Lizzie fan that's willing to do it, and I was like, all right, I guess I'm playing bass then. Huh? You know, <laughs> everybody decided that I should be playing bass because I do most of the vocals anyway. And I had been in a previous band with Chris not too long before I got the call from Richie. So I was like, hey, great, I got a drummer. <laughs> I was like, let's do this. You know, so we ended up uh, starting out. You know, we 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 started to gain a little momentum, and then uh, just life happened. Yeah, and then uh, we lost a guitar player, and then yeah, uh, uh, another guy, Chris, who uh, preceded Gordon. Uh, so you know, when it, and it was kind of it was kind of cool because Jerry, Gordon, and I know each other from back in the day. We kind of grew up from come from the same neighborhood. Mm. Uh, Jerry knew Richie from a completely different clique. completely different. Right. Yeah. So it was like, uh, you know, the best of all worlds. All yeah, so I've, I've, I've basically grown up with everybody in the band. Oh, good. So it just made sense oh. after, uh, you know, I mean, we tried, when we came back um, in, uh, what was it, 2017? 2017, we came back, we started the band again. Uh, and I tried to get uh, a guitar player in, this guy, Ronnie, Ronnie Torina, who, who used to play me with me back in the, the Kiss Army days when I was in a Kiss trivia band. Oh, wow. uh, it just didn't work out with him. The chemistry wasn't right. And he wasn't feeling it and stuff. And that's when Gordon came along. It was like, look, he's like, I'll, I'll hang out with you guys until you find a, a, a permanent replacement. And, and I was like, all right, fine, cool. Jam, let's, let's hang out. And that first rehearsal was just like so incredible. I mean, it's like hair was standing on end. We got good <laughs> and everything. We were just like, all right, we're not touching this. Right. We're going to keep it the way it is. And, it's uh, like a good relationship when you know the chemistry is there. We we kind of uh, knew it from the get go. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's just like, kind of clicked right we away. We didn't even have to add water for Christ's sake. It just was like, <laughs> you know, so you know, it just uh, turned out that way. And uh, you know, Gordon is just he's he's amazing to have next to me because he, yeah. you know, it's like when if if I'm lagging, Gordon's there to put his foot in my ass. So. Right. It's just like it's it's so great, you know. He's just—I mean, you've heard Gordon. You, we don't even need a PA for Gordon. How do you not hear Gordon? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can hear Gordon on the way to the Harley Davidson shop from where I parked a block away. He's got so much energy. We it's play just, in Great Neck. They hear us in Jersey. It's infectious. It's like very cool, you know. And I think that's the appeal. You know, he keeps all of us on our toes. Right. Yeah, and then it shows when we're playing, and that's when it, that's why everybody is like so into the band before they even like realize that we're playing. He's got this uh, infectious enthusiasm and energy, and that's you know that's part of what our chemistry is about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
cool. I on my uh, Facebook uh, po- uh, on my Facebook page recently, I actually posted reposted the YouTube link to the uh, performance that you had earlier this year. And uh, Wayne, um, you can you can quote me on this, and I'll take it to the grave with me. Bad Habits is the best fucking Thin Lizzy tribute band I ever heard. And I'm not saying that because I'm friends with the guy. I'm saying because I'm a Thin Lizzy fanatic. I never had a chance to see the original lineup. The closest thing I got to seeing them was the Black Star Riders opening up for Priest and Saxon at the Nassau Coliseum. I studied the guitar parts. I studied the moves of uh, Phil Linen. I studied the music. These guys nail it every time. It sends chills, chills <laughs> on the goosebumps of your goosebumps. It, it makes your arm hair grow even longer, like you were on some kind of like cow and do steroids. It's awesome stuff. You guys really are the best Thin Lizzy tribute I've ever heard. Thank you so and much. Appreciate if, it. If, if 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 Phil were here today, he'd say, "Good job, lads." He'd probably say, "Fucking brilliant." <laughs> Oh, yeah, I actually. I, yes, you can. Yeah, of course you can say whatever you want here. I don't give a shit. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know. I never even heard about you guys. I, I live on Long Island as well, but uh, I never. I, I'm usually not a show goer, but uh, I, even, I learned, even when he was playing them, he never showed up. No, I didn't, not really. But uh, when um, I was talking to Team Tolkien, I don't know if you guys know who he is at all from Stradivarius. Probably not. Not too many people. They're a Finnish power metal band, and Timo has a podcast on our network, and Wayne's his co-host. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. So I was talking to him because uh, we're starting to do um, me and Lou and a couple other guys that I know we're starting to do cover songs. So when I mentioned it to Timo, he said, "Yeah, I'll do a cover song. Uh, maybe we have let's do like a Thin Lizzy song." And I thought, "Oh no, he wanted to do a Gary Moore song." So I said, "Oh, how about Out in the Fields?" And it's got two singers on it. You know, that's got uh, Phil Lynott and Gary Moore singing. So Timo's like, I'll do the Gary Moore stuff, and we got to find somebody to do the Phil Lyons stuff. And then Lou tells me, oh, I know somebody to be perfect for that. I know a, a band that's a tribute band to Thin Lizzy. And then he showed me the uh, the video that he was just talking about, and I saw it, and I'm like, oh, my God, you, you sound almost fairly, really close to, to Phil Lyons. So I said, it'd be perfect. It'd be it, awesome. Cool. It's, it's, I, don't, I don't just go up there and wing it. I, you know, it's yeah. like I try and listen to like the way he sounds and stuff, and I, I do try to emulate him. You know, as close as I, I possibly can. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm by any means like, you know, like in the center. You know what I mean? But yeah. but uh, I, I do what I can, you know, to, to try and like at least do his vocals justice because I think he's he's an amazing vocalist. The, the melodies that he comes up with and, and the, uh, the lyrics that he comes up with, amazing. Yeah, it, his phrasing of his of his uh, lyrics as well, and right. yeah. you know, I, I mean, as someone that's played in uh, a bunch of tribute bands as well, you know, you're you're paying homage to the artist that you're performing, and you're trying to be as respectful to it without like tainting the music or the image or yourself. So you Absolutely. you kind of have to carry yourself with like a certain level of dignity and respect when you're uh, playing these songs. Otherwise, people are going to go you're. They're just, they're just either, they're not going to just stop showing them. They're just going to badmouth you any chance they get. I haven't heard anyone say anything bad. And Rich is actually somebody that I've known for almost 20 years right now. We both used to work at a guitar store together in, on uh, Queens Boulevard 
aka Death Boulevard. Right. I forgot the name of the. Uh, <laughs> I forgot the name of the store. Or New York Guitars, I think New York it was. Guitars. Was Northern Guitars and it switched to uh, New York Guitars. <laughs> and uh, and it was funny because I remember I told Rich I'm like you know I recently got my hands on this thin. Li- this is the first time I ever heard Thin Lizzy. I said I recently got my hands on this Thin Lizzy greatest hits uh, called the um, uh, dedication. And he said you're only now discovering Thin Lizzy. Yeah. <laughs> so you shamed me then, Rich, but I forgive you because you were I, right for doing that. <laughs> I didn't mean to shame you, but I'm glad you went down there. It's worth the go. It's it's worth the rabbit hole to go down for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And when I just saw them, iceberg too, yeah. man. That album. Yeah. Forget yeah. about. It. There's so many great songs that they came out with. That album was my introduction to Thin Lizzy. It, as well as oh, really? that, that live and dangerous. I mean, most people, albums. most people in the United States only know uh, "Boys Are Back in Town," right? Jailbreak. Yeah. You know, and beyond that, whiskey, it's like who, what? Yeah, drum. whiskey and the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I talked about em- that. What was that, Luke? I was the only know Emerald because everybody and their mother has covered it. I mean, Mastodon's covered it, Ace Frehley's covered it, so that's probably like the third most well-known song on that album. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I talked to the guys at work, and I'm like, you know, Thin Lizzy is like one of the awesomest bands ever. Like, you you don't even realize you know who they are, and I'm telling them the songs. They obviously they know, you know, Boys of Back in Town, like you just said, and Jailbreak. I actually one of the guys didn't even never even heard of Jailbreak. I'm like, it's on the radio all the time. I do not know. <laughs> yeah. it, you know? That's the go-to song whenever they do like uh, workforce block on Q104. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Boys and, and Jailbreak. So when somebody says they don't know Thin Lizzy, I'm just like, how do you not know? You know. And sometimes I play it to them. Sometimes they just don't like it. I don't know if it's just the 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 sound because it's you know from the 70s or 80s or whatever, and they don't like that type of sound. I'm not like I love it. It's like they, they, like all of music nowadays is is you rarely ever hear anything that emulates the sounds of the 70s. Or the early eighties, you know. I mean, it's just the whole production was like completely overhauled, mm-hmm. like towards from the mid eighties towards like now, right. you know. And, it, and it's just you don't get that same warmth, that same like cool mm-hmm. feeling, you know. Yeah, back you're... back then, you knew people were playing their instruments. Now it's right. everything's computerized, you know. Everybody's every single band almost sounds the same. It's hard to differentiate which band sounds like what. Back then, you can tell what drummer was from what band just by listening to the drummer play. Now you don't know who's who, you know? Everybody sounds the same now. And the sound the sound now is like so much more sterile. It's not warm. It's not, you know, it's not enticing. Not realistic, know? yeah. I kind of look at Thin Lizzy as being like the, the godfathers of double guitar hard sure. rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Auburn brothers were doing double guitar, you know, well before them, but in the hard rock genre, you know, before... Uh, before the so-called new wave of British heavy metal, where you had bands like Iron Maiden and, and Motorhead and uh, you know, so on and so forth, Thin Lizzy was doing it first with the double guitars. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, they definitely made it a style for sure. Yeah, I mean, anybody, oh, definitely. The guys from I think, I'm, I'm the guys from Maiden, you know, all the guys, the big bands like mm-hmm. Iron Maiden, they all tell you that they're influenced, and it's obvious they're inf- influenced by Thin Lizzy for sure. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, just they made a, they made a style out of it. Other bands did double guitar harmonies, but Thin Lizzy definitely made a style out of it. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely tell that because you know, like like you just said, Maiden, and then uh, even bands like uh, Halloween and uh, bands like that. You know, they added the double bass, but then they added the double guitars, and it's it definitely yes came from Thin Lizzy. You know, especially oh, um, they started on what that Nightlife album, right? That's when they got the dual yeah. guitars together. Yeah, yeah. Even more recently, bands like Avenged Sevenfold. Mm-hmm. It's all in the heavier bands. You hear even Metallica. Yeah, yeah. Metallica, you hear the guitar harmonies on like Master of Puppets or um, or like Creeping Death. All the, those early Metallica records with the harmonies, it's all Thin Lizzy. 
Yeah, and thank thank to Metallica because I always liked Boys of Back in Town. You know, it was, it's always been a favorite. But I never got into Thin Lizzy. Like, you know, I gotta go buy an album because that's the only song I ever heard from them. You know, since I was a little kid. And then when Metallica finally did the Whiskey in a Jar, that made me pay more attention to Thin Lizzy a little bit. And then I then I realized other bands did. Uh, uh, Halloween did. Um, uh, what the hell is this song? I don't remember off the top of my head, but they did a song, and some of the oh, uh, Iron Maiden did Massacre. And, uh, yep. John Norm of Europe did uh, Opium Trail, which is my favorite song on uh, Bad Reputation. Yeah. Yeah. And so many other bands that I listened to were doing Thin Lizzy songs. I'm like, geez, I, I, I guess I got to check out Thin Lizzy, you know? <laughs> and then it's I got like... the compilation um, Remembering Part One. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys ever saw that one, but uh, I kind of disappointed because it, it showed like the first era of the band, which is like the first two albums or so. And it's not the same Thin Lizzy, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, the the early 70s Thin Lizzy is not the Thin Lizzy of the 80s. Right, yeah. So I was a little disappointed. I'm like, ah, where's the Thin Lizzy I want to hear? So it took me a while, you know, to finally, you know, get the albums. But when I did, I mean, you know, just yeah. awesome. The era, the era with Eric Bell is not bad. It's just if you really want to start on where Thin Lizzy, the Thin Lizzy sound kind of started in, in the Eric Bell era, I would say probably the song The Rocker. Yes. Which is why that's always on every compilation of Thin Lizzy. Yeah, absolutely. It's always in our set list too. <laughs> that's a great so, one. It is. It's awesome. What got you guys into uh, Thin Lizzy? Like, what's that song that got you into them? Well, I could speaking for myself. I would, you know, uh, I think between the three of us, uh, I probably know the least of the Thin Lizzy catalog, and there is <laughs> really. <laughs> but, you know, I got into it just, you know, Jerry invited me in. I started playing. I started listening to the songs. And, you know, a, a, as a drummer, I really got to appreciate Brian Downey, who was mm. uh, one of the most underappreciated drummers. In, in yeah, I think so. Amen. He's he's an awesome. He brings he's got jazz chops and he plays with, you know, rock and roll intensity. And that's that's what appealed to me about it. And I, that's how I got into the music. Yeah. Yeah. swings, and the reason why they swing is because of Brian Downey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the guitar harmonies are very unique to Thin Lizzy, but Brian Downey definitely has a claim to the Thin Lizzy sound as much mm-hmm. as the guitar harmonies. The way yeah. he swings, man, he's a brilliant drummer, very yeah. brilliant. Now, do you ever find any like hard drum parts to play? Or anything? <laughs> <laughs> but some things are more challenging than others, uh, you know, especially like you know if you're playing like a two-hour show and then you know you come off of Emerald, which you know, has those blazing like thirty-second note rolls, and uh, it's, uh, and then <laughs> it's just a lot of work. It's fun. It's challenging. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait till you get to sh- wait till you get to Shalala. That's just constant double bass. <laughs> we, we did that. Uh, we have a, we did a live stream uh, beginning of this year, and that was our first. Uh, first I think time that's the video that he was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, wait. That he showed me. I'm paying attention, Chris. Don't worry. I got my eye on you. Doing your job. Yeah, I'm, I'm a drummer too, and and you know I want to do something Lizzie covers, and I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh man, I got to pick one that's a lot easier than you know what he's doing there, because there's no way I'm going to sit there and practice all that. So when you just yeah. you see him live, he just makes it look so effortless. It's yeah, crazy. You know, he, no no expression on his face. He's just there. You know, the hands are going a mile a minute. You know, he's. It's just, it's just, just yeah. another day at the office. Another day at the office. Yeah, he yeah. never misses tempo, though. You ever notice that yeah. Downey never misses tempo? He's always consistent on every song he plays. Never speeds up, never slows down. Just, you know, you can't say that about many drummers. 
Mm. Yeah, <laughs> myself included. Yeah, we didn't call him Clockwork Orange for nothing. <laughs> yeah, but it works. It works. What about you, Jerry? What, what's what got you into Thin Lizzy? What got me into Thin Lizzy was a friend of mine. His name is Pete Murphy. He's no longer with us, but he was one of those guys. In in my world, you have a handful of people that you will be introduced to in your life, and those people will shape your life into what it will be like, you know, what, what your character will be, you know, and Pete Murphy for me was the first guy to do that. Hmm. Actually, he was the second guy to do that. The first one was my father. And, uh, he, he was the kind, he was the guy that I met. I was, uh, um, offered to be in a band with him. And, you know, it was, it was like, you know, these guys to me were like, you know, they're two years older than me and they already are experienced, hmm. you know, musicians you know and i'm just starting out and stuff and uh he was the one that introduced me to thin lizzy i think one of the first songs that we ever played together was uh um uh what what, what song was that i said um no one told him no one told him. okay on uh on, on one of the albums i mean it really there you go i couldn't remember offhand <laughs> but um there was, you know, after that came like Alibi, and then after that came, you know, The Boys Are Back, and then after that came Hollywood, you know, and it's just, you know, after like learning these songs and stuff, I started getting into like, you know, and I was playing guitar, by the way. I wasn't playing bass at that point. Oh. And, uh, you know, getting into that stuff was just like amazing. And, and when I'm like, you know, you guys that have been in like tribute bands, you know, it's like when, when, I get into a tribute band. I go down the rabbit hole. I go down the rabbit hole. I look at the premises. I'm like constantly watching video, watching like uh, mechanics and and uh, uh, gestures, maybe, and listening to like how he presents the song, how he sings the song, how he plays the song on bass. Incidentally, I I was like cringing when these guys wanted me to play bass because I, I was a guitar man. I wanted to play guitar, you know. And I was like, oh, but th- these guitarists are so much fun. I want to play guitar, you know? Once I got into Phil Lynott's playing and I started peeling the layers off the onion, it's it's amazing stuff. I, I, I can't see myself not playing bass. <laughs> you know, it's just amazing stuff. Right. You know, to put it together with the vocals, too, and stuff, it's just incredible. Like, like just the melody line, I'm thinking right now, the melody line for do anything you want to alone uh, – against his, like, bass playing. It's just, like, incredible. I love doing that song. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Now, do you find it hard to sing while you're playing the bass in some of these songs? Because he's doing a lot of stuff in the bass sometimes. Sometimes I do. Sometimes, sometimes you know, but with, with practicing at home and then getting together once a week rehearsing and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I pushed for these guys to get together once a week. Mm-hmm. You know, at first we weren't getting together once a week, and it, and it, it, it showed in the, the performance as we were putting it ahead, you know, and I was, I was just like, dude, if we can get together once a week, just put one day aside a week, you know, it's going to come much easier to us and we're going to sound much more tighter. And that, that's actually what we did. So it's like when you hear what we do, it's it's not off the cuff. Mm. You know, it's it's hard work. You know, I mean, we, we work hard at what we do, you know. Yeah. It's, it's not like being in a cover band. I've, I've no. been in dozens of cover bands over the years and you just kind of go through the motions after a while. You know, you can play like 90% of the songs with your eyes closed because you right. hear them all well, the time. It was like but, Lou said, there's it, 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 like a responsibility to what you're doing oh, when you call yourself yeah. a tribute band. Yeah. You know? And we're not like a cookie cutter tribute band either. I think, uh, you know, we try to 
capture the intensity of the of Thin Lizzy's performance. The energy, yeah. The, the whole energy, and uh, you know, it's it, it it shows on the plane. Mm-hmm. I can vouch. <laughs> <laughs> Richie, what about you? Um, so many aspects to Thin Lizzy. For me, um, it was the combination of the music, the guitar playing, the image. I mean, just. You know, I'm going down like the guitar geek rabbit hole right now, and Lou will vouch for this. Um, Lou's a hell of a guitar player. Just when you're oh, thanks. starting out, <laughs> it, it's, it's true. Come on, so we right. right. Like, as long as he stays away from that that flange thing, whatever. You shut called. the fuck up! You leave the MX ninety alone. I started something. Sorry, boy. But uh, just all good. a guitar player hearing again. You know, the boys are back in town. There's a lot of chords in there that aren't your typical. Like, you know, power chords that most rock and metal bands will play is dominant sevenths. And even songs then, you know, like, like Still Love With You is major sevenths. So for me as a young guitar player and as a young musician, hearing those different colors and those chords, it really kind of just, I honed into that. And then the guitar harmonies on top of it really kind of was very, was very unique to me, very challenging to figure out. And it was such a unique sound. And we're also drew me in with the lyrics. I mean, Phil's lyrics that are unbelievable. I, I don't think he gets enough credit as a songwriter and it definitely has a lyric writer. He kind of, I was talking to these guys a couple of weeks ago and Phil is like, just to me, the perfect combination of like James Joyce and Keith Richards. Like well, I want to add somebody else to that. I would add to me, he's kind of like Bruce Springsteen. Sure. Absolutely. He tells a great story. Again, listen, listen to like the lyrics and the boys of back in town. He just paints a great story. And a great picture. And he has that Irish heritage of the gift for gab and mm-hmm. the imagery. So he always kind of struck me as like this world-class, like Irish, like, like James Joyce character with the rock and roll persona of Keith Richards. Again, another no one of those large on life characters that you just can't make up. If you did, if Phil Lina didn't exist, you'd have to make him up. You know? Um, so his lyrics and his storytelling got me into it. And also the band's image. Like to this day, like when I think of like what a rock band should look like, it's the guys, it's the classic lineup with Thin Lizzy. They were like a working class rock band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's what came cool. through in the lyrics. They yeah. look like any picture you see of like the classic lineup of Downey, Robertson, Gorman, Lineup. They awesome. look like a bunch of guys who would just like just steal your fucking lunch money <laughs> and just and, and look good doing it. And yeah. just if they those just, boys want to fight, you better let them. Exactly <laughs> right. They struck, like and anything with Philly just struck me as a gang that always appealed to me. So that was just like, that was the appeal of Finn Lizzie, just like the image and the songwriting and the guitar playing. You know, and to this day, even before I was in this band, Scott Gorham is actually one of my biggest influences of all time uh, as a guitar player. I think his guitar playing is just super melodic, and it's it's an honor to take that role up in his band because he's an influence of mine anyway. Yeah. So he's really kind of you know, I, he's just a brilliant player. So that's what yeah. kind of Lizzie. So very cool, Lou. You want to say something? Nothing in particular. I was, cool. I, I was, I was getting engulfed into what Richie was saying about uh, Scott Gorham. You know, like I, I think of the greatest rhythm guitar players in rock and roll, and he's definitely in my uh, top three. I would put him right up there with uh, Malcolm Young, and well. You know what? I put him right up there with Malcolm Young, so that's it. Because to, to me, Malcolm Young is the great. Oh, and James Hetfield, obviously. Over okay. James Hetfield came way after Scott, but. You know, um, so much that he alone with his uh, rhythms and his patterns contributed to their sound. And uh, uh, Rich, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was Scott who did the solo for The Sun Goes Down, correct? 
Yes, that's one of the greatest solos ever recorded. It's... David Gilmore, Eat Your Heart Out. Yeah. Now, the yeah. funny thing is, um, I remember watching the Behind the Music of Thin Lizzy, and that was actually my gateway into learning about who they, are, who they were. Yeah. And Scott Gorham said that back in the day, people looked at them, and yes, we were a legitimate gang, because if you mess with us, we kicked your ass. Yeah. And I loved that. And it, it always struck me that way. You look at the, like the, the cover of Fighting. Yeah, they, they weren't coaches by any means. They yeah, weren't playing good. around. That was a band that would that was not playing Absolutely. around. You don't want to run, run into them in an alleyway at night, you know. And and, and getting back to Gorm, his playing is so melodic, and such so like his choice of notes are always just perfect. And it was always the perfect combination against any of the guitar players in the band. Like you had Brian Robertson, who again I think is another unbelievably underrated guitar player. Yeah. His wah playing is up there with. Anybody, bar none, no question about it, the way his sound is playing. And you had, you had Gary Moore in the band. And you had John Sykes. And Scott Gorman's playing always complimented no matter who was on the other side of the stage. And he always knew his role. And he, he was, like, so confident in his playing. Like, he never tried to play fast like Sykes. Never tried to play Gary Moore. There was no competition. He was very he was very confident in who he was. And he's just a, a, an amazing, very underrated player, one of my main influences. So no question about it. Now, when those two guitar players left, and then they had the Renegade album and um, Thunder and Lightning, I mean, what did you think about that lineup? Well, the Thunder and Lightning lineup was with John Sykes, which is oh yeah, yeah, pretty fucking cool, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, and one of the one of the few albums, there were three albums that I was I was into when I first started. It was Dedication, it was Live and Dangerous, and it was Live Life, which was my introduction to uh, The Sun Goes Down, and I. <clears throat> That song is just amazing. I love that song. It's, it tells a great story, and uh, it's it's a great hook. You know, the bass line is just, like, incredible. Yeah, you know? It's funny. When I first heard that song. Actually, somebody else was covering that song, and I'm like, all right, it's a cool song. When's it going to do something? <laughs> you know? Because it, it just seems like it's going to go on, and then it's going to lead to something, like some big kind of ending or whatever, and it doesn't. It's, it's then, a vocal it's all vocal. It's just got it like doesn't a, have to go anywhere. Leave don't. it alone. The emotion that Bill lets out during that song on Live Life is just, it sends chills up my back every time I listen to it. It doesn't have to, it's already there. It doesn't it's, have to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. I love it. You know? Yeah. That's why I said when after I was listening to it, I'm like, you know, it's it's, it's awesome. It, it didn't really need to do anything, you know? It, it did what it had to do, and it was it's, it's an awesome song. It's just incredible. They caught, they captured it uh, quite the moment. On, on life. I don't know if they repeated it like night after night the way it felt on that album, but that album it's it's just like perfect. You know, couldn't have done anything to make it sound better. One of the saddest facts that I read about Thin Lizzy was that the performances for um, the Thunder and Lightning tour, which they already said was going to be their farewell album and tour, were some of the best of their performances. And I think that they were just burnt out. They were uh, burnt out from the drugs, burnt out from the touring, burnt out from the lifestyle. And they said, and I think I actually recall reading somewhere where Phil said, you know what, I why am I quitting the band? Why am I bringing the band up? This We're, we're performing the best we performed in years. And I'm bringing, up, uh, bringing us up now when people are actually showing that they care. And that was, you mentioned, Jerry, that, you know, you don't know if, um, if he would have, duplicated that same performance on a nightly basis he he sounded like that they were he sounded as though they were and it kills me to know that today phil Lynott broke them up because of the circumstances that surrounded them and i think that if he didn't uh it would 
I would hope that he'd still be here with us today performing those songs. Because, again, if you look at, there's a couple of actual performances from that tour that you could find on YouTube. And I'm sorry, as much as I love the, the, uh, the, the Robertson era, Finn, Liz- Finn Lizzie was on fire during the Thunder and Lightning tour. And it's like, oh, why? Wh- John, sh- I wish that John Sykes had just said, Phil, don't break it up. I won't join David Coverdale and right. get fired by the time their biggest album comes out. You know, like, come on. Yeah, well, John Sykes definitely in- definitely injected that energy into that. Mm-hmm. Listen, yeah, listen to the breath of fresh air. Right. Thunder. Listen to that Thunder and Lightning record. It just became a heavier sound, which was the sound of the early mm-hmm. 80s with that new wave of British heavy metal music. And John Sykes brought that in there, changed Phil's songwriting, changed his lyric writing, changed the whole sound of the band, and it really injected that extra energy into it, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I think I think what uh, Wayne was getting at was the uh, Snowy White oh. area. Yes, 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 that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah that, that was, uh, what, Chinatown? Was, and and, was, uh, and uh, Renegade. Renegade, yeah. also, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I like the music, you know? I mean, it's like I just... Didn't think, you know, like when I went, when I crawled down the rabbit hole, as he likes to say, uh, on YouTube and like looked for uh, live performances with uh, somebody where he didn't seem to fit the band that well. You know, I mean, he, he's a good guitar player, but he didn't he didn't have that fat sound that that Robbo had or, or that uh, um, Gary Moore had, you know. Or even John Sykes. John Sykes got this like very distinctive, fat, like I guess brown sound. You know, it was it was warm. It was thick. You know, it, it sounded like if you had to walk through it, you'd have problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's the way it sounded. You know, and and uh, um, Snowy White didn't have any of that. You know, I mean, it's very very thin. Uh, the songwriting was great though. Right. I love I love Chinatown and Renegade. Renegade's like. One of my favorite albums. I mean, mine too. I mean, yeah. it's it's just killer the stuff that's on that album. I feel the yeah. exact same way. I mean, yeah. I think I'm a song guy, so to me, the songs on both those records, especially Renegade, Renegade might be my second favorite Thin Lizzy record. The songs are strong, but I just like Jerry was saying, I don't feel, I didn't feel that Snowy White fit the band. Now, here's the deal: Snowy White's a hell of a guitar player. The guy played with Pink Floyd for years. He plays in Roger Waters' band. So the guy has a pedigree. He's an amazing guitar player. I just didn't think he fit well right. in the Thin Lizzy thing. Right. He's a great guitar. He's an amazing guitar player. Snowy White, though. You know, if you think about it, the same thing happened with us. Because when Ronnie was in the band, he's an amazing guitar player. Amazing guitar player. But he just, you know, the chemistry just wasn't there. It just, it wasn't a good fit for him, you know. And then, you know, Gordon stumbled in and then boom, everything exploded, you know. Is that a Phil Lynott poster behind you or or a picture? Oh, over here? Yeah. Yes, that's that's, uh, one of the classic pictures. It's a painting, though. Okay. Found that online. And she bought it for me for Christmas this past. Oh wow! So yeah, I see half of it, but I can tell it's him. <laughs> the painting of a photograph. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was there was that period after Gary Moore left, where you know I think they Midjur from Ultravox was the first <laughs> guitarist they brought in. Waiting for that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they nobody talks about that. But thankfully, they didn't record anything. Not that I'm knocking Midjur. Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll agree that um, there were, like, Renegade in Chinatown is one of those things where if you take the best songs off that, you have one great album. Well put. One perfect well put. album, but, I, you know. I, I'm completely, like, sold with Renegade. I love the whole album. Well put. <laughs> I just think it's, like, amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a heavy album, man. Mexican blood, fat. 
Forget it. Right. Fucking awesome that album. I love it. <laughs> yeah, what, was that? The, what was up the Major thing? What was that about? Like he again, another great musician, but he just didn't fit. And he was in the band for like. Well, he he followed who? He followed Gary Moore the second time. Yeah. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah. Gary Moore like had enough of like what was going on at the time, and he he like told me he wasn't going to play, so. He got Midge to like fill in. That's what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and Phil was actually uh, very good friends with uh, Midgeor. So yeah. I think they're married. They're they're related in marriage. Like Midgeor married his cousin or something like that. I think they're related in marriage somehow. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I, I know stuff about Midgeor. I don't think I should know about. Like, I, I don't uh, apparently, about <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a geek, so. <laughs> Uh, favorite Thin Lizzy album. Uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start with Jerry. How about that? Uh, was that because he's the front man? Come on. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I gotta tell you, it was it was it's it's probably I mean Jailbreak actually my favorite album only because when when I was done with high school and I was going to like you know I went to an audio engineering school in, in Manhattan and I would drive in every day mm-hmm. and that would be the tape that I would be listening to jailbreak. And then on the other side of the tape was Queens, a kind of magic. So those two albums have a very special meaning for me. You know, it's like you had the reversible heads. So it never, you never had to touch it. It just kept playing looped. Like the whole thing, like from from the beginning to the end jailbreak from beginning to the end magic. And it would just start over again. I, I love that album. That album is like very, very cool to me. So, even it's the kind of magic I, that's oh, I, I don't know <laughs> I don't I, I don't like that Queen album. It's got a few songs on there, but it's uh... <laughs> I, well, it's being that it's a soundtrack. There yeah. are like some like a couple of like throwaways probably that you know I I could do it out, but uh, it's just you know when when you get on a ride like that, yeah. you have to go the full distance. Right, you know what I'm saying you have to go from beginning to end. So you know <laughs> that's my. Uh, excuse for it, and I'm standing by it. <laughs> Wayne, if I ever hear you talk shit on the song "Give Me the Prize," I'm I quit. I'm just letting you know that right now. That's a great song. I would have, have to re-listen to that one. I don't know. Princess of the Universe, also great song. Love that song. Which song? Princess of the Universe. Oh yes. Uh, the, yeah. The, the, theme, the theme song for Highlander. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one's okay. It's like I'm, I love it. I it's the kind of man. I don't know. They got that. Finger snapping thing. Oh, well, you skip over that one. You just go straight to Princess <laughs> of the Universe. It's fine. I just love the way it sounds. The, the production system. It's got a good production sound. Yes. It, is... I don't think the songs were as strong though. For oh, one know, vision is that on that album? Kind of magic. Yeah. One, one vision. vision. Also, yeah, one vision's a good song. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, Richie, what's your favorite Lizzie album? Oh man, um, I off the top of my head, without thinking, Bad Reputation. I love the songs. Oh, yeah. I love the sound. I think Tony Visconti got a really killer production sound to that record. Mm. I just love the songs. Opium Trail is like an underrated Lizzie song. Killer Killer Without a Cause is an unbelievably underrated Thin Lizzie song, the title track. I think Brian Robertson's guitar work on that record is just stellar and phenomenal. His wild work is phenomenal. I just think the songs are strong and the production. Yeah. So I go with Bed Rep. Yeah. Uh, Dude, Renegade is a very close second to me. To yeah, my, uh, I go, yeah. Jeff. It's hard to pick like a favorite one, you know. Yeah. Chris. Yeah, well, you know, like I said earlier, um, thanks to Jerry, my introduction uh, to Lizzie was uh, the dedication. It. I was just going to yeah. say. Which <laughs> <laughs> is not really, I mean, it's Dude, a compilation. Yeah, that doesn't really count. <laughs> I might count. 
But no, but then obviously, uh, well, Jailbreak for me, that was like their, their biggest studio album. And, uh, um, Johnny the Fox. I like Johnny the Fox. Yeah, really. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Lou, what about your favorite Lizzie album? Black Rose. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm surprised these guys nice. haven't mentioned that. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Black Rose, because that was my introduction to the great late Gary Moore, who has become one of my biggest influences ever. I mean, I... You know, it's funny. Most people think of the Fender Strat and they think of Eric Clapton. I think of the Fender Strat and I think of Gary Moore making it his bitch like it owed him money. So <laughs> that, that version of Shapes of Things, that lead of shape on Shapes of Things. Oh my god, that's the best version of that song. Oh my god. Like what what is this guy doing? Phenomenal. But you know, I, that was at that mid eighties period with Gary Moore with the Strat. Absolutely yes. pink strat, but Phenomenal, phenomenal. Yes, and uh, and a great a great touring lineup. You know, he had um, Neil Carter from UFO. He had Ian Pace from Deep Purple, and uh, who else did he? I know he had Bob Daisley in and out of the band a couple of times. But regardless, um, yeah, just and this is not a knock on Brian Robertson. It's just for me. I mean, Gary Moore is I don't know. He's just legendary. He's just. They're two different guitar players. Every every one that they had every, were were like individuals. You can't even compare. Them. Yeah, you know? and and like I said, I'm not uh, knocking Brian at all. I mean, I think the album he did with Motorhead, "Another Perfect Day," is probably one of the best Motorhead albums. Yeah. Although you know, uh, I know that a lot of the fans were quite disappointed when they saw that tour and they did not perform Ace of Spades because he didn't want <laughs> he didn't want to do it. So shame on you, Brian. Right. See, I knew Gary Moore as a blues guitarist before I even knew yeah. that he was a thin lizard. Yeah, so did yeah. I. You know, and, and I used to cover some of some of his songs uh, in other bands, but uh, yeah, different style, but it all complemented the Thin Lizzy sound. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, what I think, I think, I think Phil Lynott adapted to those sounds. You know, he heard what they brought to the table and he wrote around it. Mm-hmm. And just made it like you know Thin Lizzy by mm-hmm. that. You know, Wayne, you what's tell- your favorite album? Same as yours. Mine. Same one. Black Rose. Black Rose. Okay, I, I take it oh, back. You forgot no. it already? <laughs> <laughs> Only one song on there I, I'm not like fond of. Uh, S&M. I mean, it's, it's, it's a decent song. song. How uh, could you not like that song? It's not that I don't like it. It's that's, a, it's a, you're not everybody. Good God, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> is like my favorite song on that album. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Man. The bass line is just amazing. And, and his vocals and stuff. I mean, oh. Oh my god! <laughs> He's having an Gary just had a full-on John Travolta moment. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Check this out. You're gonna die. I swear. <laughs> but it's the only one I don't like on there. I mean, it's not that I hate it. It's just uh, I don't know. The other the other songs just stand out more to me than that one does. But uh, you know, it's, it's, that album's a perfect ten, really. You know, it's an awesome album. Just it's got a good story and even the ending, and also, some way I feel like that's him telling his own story of his life because you know he ends up dying and you know from drugs and it's you know you can tell that's that has to do with him so it's a very personal record. Well, you know? he related to the uh, Celtic character Cool Cullen, and uh, actually, um, Jim Fitzpatrick, the artist who uh, designed a couple of the Thin Lizzy album covers, actually was quoted as saying that 
Um, Phil related a lot to Kukulin and kind of saw himself going the same path where he would be more well-known after his death than during his life. And that's, unfortunately, kind of what ended up happening. Yeah. And we, we hear the lyrics that got to give it up, that record. Mm-hmm. That's Phil's oh, yeah. life right there. At, yeah. that, at that moment in his at time, that was his moment. That's another thing about his lyrics. He, he lived it. It's yeah. his story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I've heard countless amount of like songwriters that have said, you know, it's like it's best to write about yourself and what you know, you know, put yourself into like, you know, your music and your lyrics and stuff. And he did that 100%. No doubt. Yeah, I think so. That's uh, what appealing also, you know, is that he invited you in. You know, this is who I am. Listen right. to all, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Least favorite Thin Lizzy album. Wow! Oh, I don't wow! Think that exists on my. my... <laughs> we'll start with uh, Chris this time. Uh, all, dedication. Well, you know, I don't, it's hard to say. I can't. I can't say that I don't like anything from Thin Lizzy. A lot of people uh, give a negative criticism to Renegade, but I I, I like that album. Uh, I can't really, can't really say what I hate about them, yeah. except when the show's over. Uh, <laughs> Jerry, um, I, I got to tell probably like the Eric Bell stuff is mm. the stuff that I least listen to. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's like I can catch you know the uh, whiskey in a jar on on dedication, <laughs> you know, rocker. <laughs> Read between the lines, <laughs> or the rocker on dedication and stuff like that. So I, that's my full of like Eric Bell. I should really like check it out though. I should really get into it and like listen to it. But uh, as of as of this moment, you know the Eric Bell stuff like Blue Orphanage and and yeah. what was the other one? Vagabond. Yes, yes. I'm just I don't know. It just it's, it's funny because I, I was putting a. a, a... Uh, playlist of Thin Lizzy songs today, and I got end up picking sixty six songs that I love of Thin Lizzy, and uh, sixty six. Yeah, sixty six. It was you know I was surprised it was that many. I, I forget how many albums they have, you know. Um, but that that the what the what was the album you just said? Uh, Western oh, uh, vagabonds of the Western yeah, world. It's got such a freaking long title, I can't remember it. Yeah. But uh, that one is is one where I think that they are starting to become Thin Lizzy on that album. Okay. You know, as opposed to the first two, the first two they're kind of getting to know what the band's about, and then once they get to that album, I think then you really start to hear because the rockers on that one, and um, I even think um, Whiskey and Jars on that one too. Yeah. So you know, you you really start to hear the Thin Lizzy sound coming in on that one. What about you, Richie? My least favorite, probably Nightlife. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Um, <laughs> what happened to the computer's one? Yeah, it's, probably it's Nightlife, a, not because of the song. Take it easy. I just think <laughs> we disappeared. I'm, I'm right here. What? Yeah, no. yeah, they didn't go anywhere. No, right. I was our screen just kind of went a little. It just, it just split. My, my, uh, uh, my least favorite is definitely Nightlife. Yeah. Uh, not because of the songs. I think the songs and the performances are great. I don't like the production. I don't mm-hmm. like. It's too mellow for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah whereas, on, whereas on the next record, Fighting, they really kind of came out fighting. But I, I don't like the production on uh, Show on. Um, <laughs> Life, so that's my least favorite record. It has nothing to do with the songs or the performances. It's just got to do with the sound of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's very mellow, mellow throughout the, almost the whole album. It's one, there's no, one song on Nightlife. Oh, okay. Mm. No, we would 
think talking about albums uh, while you were having your response. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except yeah. for like Shalala on that record, everything is just kind of the mellow side for me. Yeah. So I totally agree. Lou, what about you? I'm with Reggie on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Mine is going to be. Um... God, it, the first two. It's hard to pick which one's worse than the other, but maybe maybe the same titled one is probably the least favorite because there's maybe one song on there, and and there's one song something about down on the farm or something like that, and and the way he says down on the farm sounds like I don't know he just does something weird with his voice in there. I'm like that just sounds funny. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any songs that you won't play live? I, as far as I'm concerned, dedication. <laughs> I want to play it all, or anything for that. Album. As far as I'm concerned, I want to play it all. Dedication, I would, I would be all over that, no problem. I've been wanting to play uh, uh, some of the stuff from Live Life, like uh, "Got to Give It Up" and and uh, um, "Sun Goes Down." Mm-hmm. You know, but it's so thick with like uh, synthesizer, yeah, synthesizer, keyboard and stuff. We haven't really gotten through. Or even discuss the logistics of like how we would like pull that off, mm-hmm. you know? Because we don't want to, you know. It's it's fair to say that the guys don't want to like add anything else to this mixture that we got for fear that we might dilute the chemistry that we already have. Right. So we just wanted to remain the four of us, hard driving, hard hitting, in your face. And uh, so because of that, we we would have to like come up with some kind of way of. Uh, um, having the, the the keyboards being piped in, maybe or or something. I mean, you know, Gordon spoke about it with me once, and he was like talking about doubling on the keyboard while playing guitar. But I would rather see him, you know, stick to one stick thing. to one instrument and not, you know, like uh, what do they call it? Um, I can't think of the word. Spread himself thin, too thin, right? I guess would be the right phrase for that. Well, then you have then you have guest players, not not full time members, right. but like like we did right. with our we live stream. You know, yes, was, we did uh, that. Yeah, we were very honored to have Randy Greg play with us. Yes, uh, that was uh, awesome. That was great experience. And then yeah. Colleen also on on saxophone was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but uh, Sun Goes Down is like one of my all time favorite songs. I want to play that so bad. I, I want to. I just want to be able to like get into his shoes, like vocally, you know, <laughs> just like transcend myself into his soul in that song. So you want to go down that rabbit hole? He just he just has amazing feel to yeah. that song on on the the Live Life album. I just love it when he screams out, you know, "Someone save our sinners!" I mean, it's just oh, I, I'm I'm getting chills now just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Right. The headlights are on. I don't know. If you can see <laughs> I can see the goosebumps from here. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> Out of my eye. It is. I'm not gonna lie. I'm actually guy. It's weird. <laughs> and have any of you guys seen him? Uh, seen Lizzie live at all? Or yes. Oh, you did. I saw them. I saw them in Manhattan on uh, 2011. Oh. Uh, they they played with Vivian Campbell that that uh, show. And after that, I think Damon Johnson played with them. Yeah. After that, but uh, that was an amazing show because Viv was doing all the little guitar fills mm. that you hear on the studio albums, but you don't hear on the live albums. Right. You know, like, like this is one, when they did Jailbreak, this is one high, like, single note that comes up when they're actually singing the chorus. It's like, tonight is going to be a jailbreak. And you hear in the background on the studio album, 
you hear in the background this high-pitched uh, uh, note that, that's going on. And Vivian was, like, on top of that every time. It was just, like, so cool to hear. They, was, they were on fire that night, by the way, too. Fucking Brian Downing was... He's <laughs> <laughs> just amazing. He was pushing 60 at the time already. Yeah. Like, I had... I had the chance to see that same lineup open up for Judas Priest in New Jersey in November 2011, but there was just one problem. We well, got there too late. Oh! It literally started at 6.30. Oh, my God. Wow. That's and early. I didn't realize Priest was going to do a three-hour set list that night. Not that I'm complaining, but, <laughs> but the only thing that I would have complained is if I got there and I saw Black Label Society in between. It should have been Black Label, Thin Lizzy, Judas Priest. Yeah, yeah definitely. You would think, yeah. Um, Richie, yeah. you said you saw them live? I saw them at the Beacon. With, okay. It, it was John Sykes. John Sykes. John Sykes, Darren Wharton, Scott Gorham, Marco Mendoza, and Tommy Aldridge. Oh, wow. So I saw that had to be probably earlier than 2011. So that yeah, was great. Was like, I think that was even like what 2006 maybe 2006. I saw the beacon. Then they came around. They played Mulcahy's out in Long Island, but it was out of a snowstorm and there was no one there. Oh wow! I was right. Uh-huh. I was right at the front. It was like it was a sold out show, but no one showed up in the snowstorm. So we were like right at the front of the stage. And my buddy Chris, who used to play in, in Bad Habits, the guitar player, he met Scott the band the day before, the same day or the day before at uh, um, Mr. Cheapo's record store. Mm-hmm. He met the band, so we got right up to the front. And I didn't, I didn't go to Mr. Cheapos, but we got, we, had, we ended up like right up against the front of the stage. And Scott Gorham recognized Chris. He's like, yeah, "I remember you from this record story yesterday." <laughs> and it was really kind of cool. I was like, "It was, it was a little cool moment, man. It was cool." But uh, I saw him at Mulcahy's. It was maybe like about at like hundred people in the place, maybe in the middle of a snowstorm. Oh, wow. it was phenomenal, man. So I saw him twice. I never got to see him with Phil, which is you know a little yeah, too young. None of us, none of us got Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Um, you mentioned Mr. Cheapos, too. I go there all the time. The one in Colmac. Great store. Yeah, absolutely. you got to go to that store, too, uh, Lou. It's cool uh, the one in Colmac? There's one in Colmac, and then there's one in Massapequa. Yeah, there's one in Mineola, too. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what that's I mean, one, Mineola. That's yeah. the one I've been to. The only one that I... I knew there was one in Colmac. I didn't know there was one in Massapequa. No, I meant Mineola. Sorry. I got the M's messed up. Ah. <laughs> I know it started with an M. The one in Maniola is way too far for me. But both stores are cool. And you're welcome, Mr. Cheapos, for giving you a shout out. Right. Yes, absolutely. I want that 15% off now. Yeah, really. <laughs> we are taking um, vendors, so. You buy a product, you know. Yeah. Buy records. And I, have a, uh, I have a funny story I'd like to share with uh, you gentlemen. So my wife and I, when we were dating, were, we were in Ireland in 2005. We visited... Uh, Shannon, we visited um, Killarney and Waterford, Dublin, and Galway. So when we got to Killarney, we would go on our tour of the town during the daytime. At night, we'd have dinner. Then we would go to the local pub, and we chatted it up with a couple of the the locals. And... uh, you know, Ireland is one of the uh, European countries that I've been to where they 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 think very fondly of Americans, and and I love them for it, by the way. 
And they were talking about, he, I remember 2005, he was asking me, so have, have you ever heard of Thin Lizzy? And I said, oh, yeah, of course I've heard of Thin Lizzy. Boys are back in town. He's like, fuck that, man. You got to dig deeper than that. And he said, let me tell you, Phil, Phil Leonard, man, the man was a god. The man was a god among men. He could have knocked you out with his lyrics. He was great. You know, the best Irish rock singer ever in history. And I said, oh, what do you think of Bono? Because at the time, U2 was really the only band. I said, I, I said at the time, that was the only Irish rock band that I really knew. But he said, oh, fuck him. You Yanks could keep him. <laughs> yeah, where's the statue of Bono in Dublin Square? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and that the thing that killed me is that a month later was when they unveiled the statue uh, of Phil. Oh, and I missed it. That sucks. <laughs> but I did leave the airport that day with Thin Lizzy's greatest hits, where it wasn't just Thin Lizzy songs, but it was also rare live tracks. Oh, cool. There was, there was a live track. There was two live tracks from the Australian tour they did with uh, yeah. Gary Moore and Mark Nassif on drums. There was a couple yeah. of uh, Phil solo tracks on there, also some stuff with Grand Slam. And uh, my God, like I thought Dedication was a great compilation. This was such an amazing representation of Thin Lizzy. But like everything, you know, goes out of print, which is why I tell people, hold on to your physical media. Yes. The live tracks from uh, Australia, was, was Me and the Boys one of those live tracks? No, it was not. It was Cowboy Song into Boys Are Back in Town. And I kid you not, it was, I'd have to say it was the the best performance combo of those two songs. Um, not taking anything away from Brian, but... Mark Nassif, if if, if if Brian Downey had not come back to the band, he would have been the perfect replacement. I yeah. thought he really... I saw that whole show from uh, from Australia. I have it on mm-hmm. tape. And uh, they were on fire that night. They yes. Were, they were on fire that night. That's a great show. And he's a New Yorker too, Mark uh, Nassif. Nassif, yeah. Mm-hmm. New York. So kudos to that, you know. But uh, that's another song that I would love to do live is, is Me and the Boys. I would love mm-hmm. to do that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's just uh, there, there's a lot of great uh, uh, stuff that they recorded. I mean, are you ready? I, I think there's a a studio version of it somewhere, but it's not really available on any official release. I don't think there is. No, I think I I have uh, here. I have this. Wait, let me see where. But I know Henry Rollins covered that, and Scott Gorham was actually the guitarist on it. Oh, uh, what do we got? Ah, okay, has interviews on it. Okay, a special section with interviews on it. And I think I, I remember Brian Robertson saying that they never recorded Are You Ready? They never recorded Are You Ready? They never recorded uh, um, Baby Drives Me Crazy? Well, that's a bunch you know? of bull. That's uh, a bunch of bull because I hold this in my hand ooh, as we speak. Disc four, Rarities number two, number 14, Are You Ready demo. Oh, it's a demo. So they did record. Well, well, was it on an album? It wasn't yeah. It wasn't on an album, but it was recorded as a demo. Okay. What about the other one? Uh, Baby Drives You Crazy. Well, it's gonna take me forever. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not dead air. And you know, me and the boys also wasn't like you know recorded on a studio album. It's it's funny. It's funny you mentioned you know Ireland because like Phil is so loved in Dublin because he still lived there. He became mm-hmm. like a rock star and he became Philana, but he still lived in his hometown. Whereas mm-hmm. you two, the minute he had some money, 
they were in America. They weren't paying that income tax. They came right to America, man. You know, that's why Phil, that's why Phil was kind of very much beloved in Ireland, especially in Dublin. Mm-hmm. You know, what's, what's the, what's the joke? Someone, one of my Irish friends told me, what's the joke about Bono? Uh, no, what's the difference between Bono and God, God and Bono? Yeah. God is walking on the streets of Dublin trying to convince you he's Bono. Oh God. <laughs> 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 you know. yeah, I don't see the other song. I don't see the other one on here unless I just can't see it. But. You know, and and Phil was wonderful because he actually uh, he he was he stayed like you said, Richie. He stayed loyal and true to uh, Dublin, and he really did his best to get to put Irish rock on the map. I remember there was a uh, a trio of Irish brothers called Mama's Boys yeah. that came oh. out of Belfast. That album power and passion is one of my top 10 favorite albums of the 1980s and i'm happy to say i'm friends with pat mcmanus and we actually talk i'm trying to get him on my podcast but um you know he's you know how he makes his living is as a musician touring around uh ireland and the uk so you know i mean i understand that uh you know he's got to make you know his living for uh, to provide for his family so i you know i'm i'm hoping that maybe when things die down with the pandemic i can get him on but uh yeah i mean uh, on the on one of the legs of the thunder and lightning tour he actually had mama's boys before before they were signed as an opening act so you know once again phil choosing passion before um profit you know and you know gotta love the guy yeah he was genuine yeah, you know that's that's the whole appeal of him is that he was genuine. He he wasn't a uh, a poser or or you know he wasn't affected by the yeah yeah you know by his status. Stardom. Yeah, mm-hmm. even groomed the Huey Lewis like Huey Lewis yes. like you know just mm. raves about him about he took him under his wing and said you know do it this way try this and mm-hmm. gave you know amazing stories amazing human you know. Okay. You know, he actually covered a Huey Lewis song called "That Is Bad," and he did a really kick-ass version of it. I had no idea. Oh, really? Yeah, you you can you can hear the cover of it on YouTube. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. I know the Huey Lewis song "That Is Bad." I know it. Yeah. Yeah, Phil covered it before. Um, he his Phil's demo is before the Huey Lewis sports version, okay. and it was actually a fast like blues rocker, and I was like, damn, like. He he made Huey Lewis sound ballsy. This is really cool. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah, check it out. That's a great song. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how happy it made me to see Rich's face line up when I mentioned Mama's Boys. That was great. Oh, I know. The Mavatic Brothers. I know. I remember watching them. Remember U68? <gasps> I loved U68. Needle oh, in the Groove was on the heavy group. rotation. Play it's right. Absolutely. And Raven. I remember the Mama's Boys and Raven video being played. <laughs> yeah. uh, on and on. I still yeah. know what that song is, that video is about, but I love it. <laughs> Great stuff, man. Great. Uh, what about the Thin Liz? I'm not Thin Liz. Uh, Phil Lynott solo albums. Did you ever get into those at all? I have those. I just purchased them. I haven't mm-hmm. been able to get into them yet, though. Yeah. I haven't been able to like sit down and like give them a real proper listen. Yeah. I do have them both. Yeah. Yeah, they're different. They're not. Uh, not as great as Thin Lizzy was, but you know, it's still it's Phil, so it's you know, there's some good songs on there. I think you know, both of them. So you know, even though you're a tribute band, do you guys ever work on like original songs at all, just for the hell of it, or anything, or no? Richie and I have, yeah, back, back, in, the back in the like late '80s. Yeah, mm. you know, we 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 had a stint where we wrote some original tunes and stuff. We had an original band. What was the name of that band? Jinx. Was it Jinx? I think it might have been Jinx. Wow. 
Wait, Jinx is <laughs> us. Yeah, but we were doing covers. No, it was us. Covers. No, it was us. No, it was us. No, it was us. <laughs> we, were jinx. we were Jinx before you were Jinx. <laughs> but yeah, we did, we did a couple of uh, songs at uh, a studio called The Speed of Sound in uh, Hempstead. Lord Helmet. Yeah, Elmont. Elmont's yeah. where it was. With Lord Helmet. On State Avenue, but it was in Elmont. Remember the engineer? Did you call him Helmet? Helmet, yeah. He called everybody Helmet, so we yeah. called him Helmet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he lived. He, he, Gordon he, probably remembers his name because he was like affiliated with Februarys and and you know and stuff like that. So Gordon probably knows his name. As a matter of fact, I think I remember Gordon might have mentioned his name a couple of times. I I can't remember his name. It's been right. way remember, too long. I remember Helmet. I remember him yeah. living in like a really squalid apartment behind the studio. Yeah, that was so like dirty. You would have to like wipe your feet after you left his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I had just yeah. started out with vocals back then, you know, and it's like I was I was the guy that the go to guy to, to always like sing and stuff. And at the time, our drummer wanted a lead singer. He wanted a front man, right. you know, and I was playing guitar and doing the vocals and stuff. And I remember laying down the vocal tracks on, on the demos that well, actually it was the one that you wrote um, in the shadows. OK. And uh, it, was it was in the shadows and it was also Lessons Never Learned. Wow. Those two songs. I know. <laughs> He knows it all. Existed. And I, I reached a uh, um, uh, a note in Lessons Never Learned that made the the engineer who called everybody Helmet say, "Wow, Helmet can sing." <laughs> <laughs> that was that was one of my like first like you know uh, uh, proud moments in in playing, singing vocals and stuff like that. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't like being called Helmet that day at all. Helmet <laughs> <laughs> <we> could sing. <laughs> it's funny, you know. You mentioned about originals. We play like we play like a couple of gigs over the past few years where, although there's a banner behind us saying that we are a Thelonious Tribute band, that people actually thought we were an original band. Yeah, they thought yeah. that the, we were playing was ours. They're like, "Oh, that song's great. You guys, that's a, that's a cover." Like, yeah, and that's yeah. The, the banner says we are a tribute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is actually a tribute, I think, us. I mean, you might not, you know, come, you might not know the Thin Lizzy, you know, library and the canon, but we are really, really great rock band. And I think people might not know the material, unfortunately, but they come to see us. Well, yeah, that's when we started coming you know? to the re- realization that we have bad habit fans. <laughs> and, and we're taking it upon ourselves to educate these bad habit fans. To Thin Lizzy music, right? Mm. That is our like mission with this band. That's our mission statement, right? Yeah. You come and see a Bad Habit show, and we're going to teach you all you need to know about Thin Lizzy. Right. Yeah. They think they think our entire set is original, and then when we get up to Boys Are Back in Town, oh, are they doing a Thin Lizzy cover? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of unfortunate that you know, with the exception of the one or two songs that. Um, Classic rock radio plays ad nauseum of Thin Lizzy. I feel like Thin Lizzy, the two bands in particular that I feel like are the most overlooked and yet are probably the most influential, especially in terms of the trajectory of where hard rock music went, is probably Thin Lizzy and UFO. And I feel like, you know, the contributions that, that Phil and company made to to the world of music it's like you know once you hear it you then realize it so i think that your mission statement is a valid one and a noble one and 
you know, I'm as as a fan of the music, I'm grateful that you are attracting people to your band by playing the music of Thin Lizzy. And it's like, you know, you're showing them a great tribute band the way that it should be and playing some of the best songs ever written. And, and and listen, if anyone thinks that I'm I'm blowing smoke up their ass, I'm not. I'm a genuine Thin Lizzy fan, and these guys are great guys, and they deserve all the success that they get. And you know, you don't believe me? Watch their videos on YouTube or come see them live. Yes, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Actually, you are doing something in March, I believe, right, Lou? Are you doing something with them in March? Um. Well, Gordon asked me if uh, I would help you guys at your show in Massapequa for St. Patrick's Day to help with sound and a couple of things like that, and I gladly said yes. That's cool. great. And it's great to have you on board. Welcome aboard. That would be oh, great. Well, Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you know now. <laughs> I take it Gordon doesn't tell you guys everything, right? <laughs> well, he, 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 told us, he told us that he had asked you. Definitely. He told us. And, 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 and I said yes. I said yes. I just The only condition is that I would have to wear a mask only because, you know, I had COVID and even though I have antibodies it, and, I'm, you know, it's, I'm just trying to uh, keep it safe for uh, my wife and daughter. Absolutely. What, what, what Gordon told us, told me was, I found somebody to work the sound. I was like, cool. <laughs> so apparently I play guitar and just work here. So, so it's all good. You're somebody. <laughs> you know, it's I so... Will. It's so awesome to be somebody finally I, once in my life. Great <laughs> shit, man. If I had known that, man, I think we should do Warriors then. What? We should do Warriors if he's if he's going to be working the soundboard. Yeah, I think we, we should, should do Warriors. I'll play. You know, so something something where there's like you know a, a, a special like uh, sound that makes the song. You know, because it's like when we do it now, you know, it's like people that we're doing it for don't know Thin Lizzy, so they don't like. Tweak like you know you don't hear that slapback. I am a warrior, warrior. You know you don't hear that slapback. So it would be cool to like have that. Like, I think I have a delay pedal. That's awesome. Cool man. <laughs> we'll work something out. Actually, it, it, it's funny how like I ended up uh, becoming friends with Gordon because both of us were actually asked to record guitar solos for that Long Island We Are Stars <laughs> tribute, yeah. and uh, I liked Gordon's solo the most out of, and you know not knocking any of the great guitar players that were in there such as uh jake and uh, jake from completely unchained and uh damien from uh, rock of ages yeah. as well as other countless bands but i just thought i liked gordon's the most because he had and i didn't associate him with bad habits at the time but he had the fender strap with the mirror pick guard and I just thought that his take of his solo was original and it wasn't contrived. And I actually posted on the video, I said, the dude with the strat with the mirror pick guard was actually my favorite one. And he messaged me. He said, that's the nicest thing anyone told me. Thank you. And that's how we became friends. Cool. And, you know, this summer was when uh, we went to see my wife and daughter and I, we went to go see Bad Habits perform for a uh, a breast cancer benefit. Yes, right. And cure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, my mother-in-law is a breast cancer survivor, so my wife and I, we were happy to come down and support and uh, uh, buy some stuff there and, you know, got to meet the guys. And, you know, thank you for giving us a great time that day. Oh, it was our pleasure. pleasure. Oh, pleasure. Glad, glad everything worked out, you know, with your mother The only sad note about that day, that I heard that Harley dealership closed. Did it really? No. Yeah. Ooh. Victim of the pandemic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well. You know, actually, that, that, Wayne, if I could ask the guys a question. Yeah. 
So with the pandemic going on and us losing some great rock clubs, including Revolution um, in Amityville, um, how do you guys feel about that? Do you feel like there's still hope for the Long Island scene? And, you know, what do you think would be best for uh, some of the venues that are in danger of closing or someone that may have the idea to probably try to save it with a new club somewhere? Like, what do you guys think? Like, you know, what would you like to see happen? I was, I was definitely upset to see revolutions go. Cause we had really good times there. We played there like what, three or four times. Yeah. It was just such a hub of the scene. Yeah. And, and it's and a, it was a great way to big loss. Plug not to have that anymore. Uh, it's definitely a challenge. You have to keep everyone safe and healthy, but everyone has to still pay their bills. And along, right. you know, along the lines, you know, there's some, there has to be some kind of middle ground. I think, but one thing I will tell you that once, you know, storms eventually run out of rain, mm-hmm. you know, and the rains don't run out of the storm eventually. When I don't know, we take it one day at a time. But once the storm is over and the rain stops, the steam's gonna explode because oh, yeah. right now people are dying for yeah. live music. Pardon, I, that, that was terrible. I shouldn't have said it that way. People <laughs> are clamoring, people are clamoring for too well, soon. <laughs> but, uh, people, are clam- people are clamoring for live music. I mean. They're hungry for it. They're starved for it. You know, they need that live that, that, that experience of live music. Um, so once the rains are off, and once the rain stops, and once everything kind of settles down, and it will settle down. Uh, I think you got to remain hopeful. You yeah, know, that that things, you know, restrictions are going to ease. Uh, yeah. you have to believe that things are going to improve uh, because what's the option? Right. The only the only concern I have personally is what's going to be left. Because yeah, it's going to like it's almost kind of like when a when a tornado goes through like a town. Yeah, okay, the tornado went through the town. There was devast- it was devastation, and the next day is like eighty degrees out and it's sunny. Like, oh, it made it through the storm. Where did everyone go? Where did that store go? That's my only, that's my only concern. That once it passes, there's not going to be any place to play because these places had to close down, unfortunately, because they couldn't make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got to take it one day at a time, you know. So yeah, we're all hopeful. I mean, that's that's all we can do yeah. right now is just hope. You know, and just be ready for you know when it happens. Yeah. You know, with a beautiful statement like that, I nominate Rich Rossioni for governor of New York. That was awesome. <laughs> no, it's too many skeletons. That, that, that gave me more hope than anything that schmuck ever did. Uh, well, yeah, yeah well, no, I have too many skeletons in my closet. That's not me. It's my angel. <laughs> I, that, that wasn't my core. I wish it was. But it was my angel. But uh, it's, 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 it's going to happen. You know, when and what's left, who knows. But that's the thing. You know, Chris broke a great point. Be prepared. Bands out there, be prepared. Rehearse if you can. Again, if you can, you know, do your rehearsals without with keeping everyone in your band, marriage, your family safe. Rehearse, and work on your craft because once once the gates are open, just be out there and just be the best you can. Just just kick everyone's butt. Yeah, once like, once, once everything shut down, I think it took us like maybe well, it took me like maybe four months before I was just like, dudes, let's get back into the fucking studio, let's yeah. play. You know, I yeah. mean, let's at, at the very least let's rehearse, stay sharp. You know, as our brother Gordon is fond of saying. Chance favors the well prepared. Yeah, be prepared. You know, and uh, but you always want to be safe. You know, you have to come with you have to come with because this thing is well. That's why it took four months because you know when when all this first went down. Yeah, nobody knew what nobody knew what was going. You know, it was crazy. I mean, and even when you know when we did our uh, live stream, uh, you know, how how long ago was that? A month ago? About a month ago, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. you know, people were very respectful of, of the situation. You know, we had we had a small audience in the studio, but you know, everybody 
kept their distance. They wore masks. Uh, it was, it was, it was good. You know, and, and maybe that's where the live scene is heading to is, is just to be more mindful of that. I think, uh, at least for the time being, you know, until, you know, the, the, the vaccination like gets like spread around and stuff and everybody starts to feel better about going out amongst everybody again, you know, mm. but for now, you know, it's like just if, if they just walk the walk, you know, and like do what they're expected to do and just be respectful for everybody else, mm. you know, we'll get along fine. We'll get through it fine. You know, right. well, there's a jelly donut. The best part of jelly donut is the middle. <laughs> Right? You get the jelly and the donut. But unfortunately, sometimes shutting down for the next five years. Well, that's not going to work. Well, let's just open everything up for the next five years. Don't worry about it. That's not going to work. The I'm answer happy. is the jelly donut. The an- be the jelly donut. I'm having a fight. <laughs> right right? you know? I don't like jelly donuts. Wait, pick a jelly donut. <laughs> Once again, Rich speaks to my heart. Jelly donuts are my favorite. That's awesome. Uh, shit, that. The answer is right in the middle, man. I, to me, you know, but, and now I'm starving. <laughs> Robbie, you know if you eat after seven o'clock, that's not good for your digestive system. Stop that. You're right. You're right. But uh, you know, one thing I do want to mention, though, uh, even though this is going to air way after it happened, um, a uh, a a rest in peace to Danny from Forty Five RPM, someone who was one of the best singers in the Long Island music scene, who passed away from COVID, and. Uh, you know, our condolences at Rod Side Review Network to Danny's family and friends and his bandmates. And um, did, did you guys uh, know Danny at all? I didn't know him personally. I'd seen the band several times. I, I actually met Walsh Danny through uh, uh, Simon Walsh, who was the bass player yeah. for... We used to be in a Simon. band together, actually. Yeah, with Simon. With Simon, the bass player. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, he seemed like a very cool guy. You know, it's it uh, sucks that... that he had fallen to uh, the pandemic. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's not end it on a sad note. Uh, where could everybody... Why are we ending? Let's say yeah, that ending. <laughs> going for hours and hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's Actually, right. you know what? Get all your instruments. Let's play a song. Come on. Let's do it. <laughs> wow. They literally tried to end on a high note. I... <laughs> <laughs> I thought Rob Halford came in the room. Hey, Robbie. <laughs> it's my rig here. <laughs> oh, nice. Awesome. I got one of those. It's an amp on the fly. <laughs> yeah. Those are cool. But uh, where could people go to find you guys? On Facebook? Do you have a website? What's, what We're do you on got? Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com slash TL Tribute. Okay. Uh, bad, ha- no, bad Habits slash TL. If you search Bad Habits, you'll find us on Facebook. <laughs> Every time I ask a band, they don't never know their own Facebook page. I know. What's that about, right? <laughs> Bad Habits TL Tribute. Yep. Right. Uh, we also have a YouTube page. Um, there you go, Bad Habits. <laughs> yeah, you can find us on there. We have all our videos from the live stream to, you know, bar gigs and, and whatnot. Um, so we're out there. Yeah, you can find us. On YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds awesome. Anything else, Lou? No, I mean, I'm just really happy that we were able to get uh, Chris, Jerry, and Rich on uh, Ratsaw Review. Uh, thank you guys for coming by. And again, Paul, it was our thank pleasure. You. Thank and you. Again, I, and, and again, I'm not bullshitting when I say this. I mean, these guys do one of the best tributes, in my opinion, the best tribute to um, one of the best bands that ever lived, Thin Lizzy. I suggest everyone, please check them out. And if you believe in supporting local live music, Find out where they're playing. Go see them. 
and just give them all your money. Really, seriously. I mean, just <laughs> just, just, just buy, buy, buy them drinks, buy them food, get anything. Just seriously, it's just, been an uphill battle for us from the from the jump because of like, I mean, we could have gone out there, we could have said, let's do a Death Leopard tribute, or we could have done a Kiss tribute. And people would have flocked to us in droves, okay? Not because we do it well, but because of the music we chose to do. Yeah, you know, so we've been, we've been, you know, it's been an uphill battle for us from the from the moment we decided to do Thin Lizzy, because Thin Lizzy mm-hmm. is just not that popular here in, in New York, much less Long Island. That's why we t- we tell people, you know, forget that the only song you know is "Boys Are Back." Forget what you think you may know about Thin Lizzy. Uh, remember that you love hard rock and music. Remember that you love passionate, poetic lyrics. And remember that it came from Thin Lizzy. And remember that you heard it from Bad Habits. That's the attitude I remember. I uh, One of the bands that I used to be in many moons ago was uh, Snakes and Arrows. I was uh, yeah. in a Rush tribute band. I played uh, bass and keyboards and bass pedals. And, and you th- and you think bass playing and singing is difficult? Wait till you try playing keyboards with your feet while playing a bass line. <laughs> it really ain't no joke, bro. <laughs> no but joke. I, I tell you this though, like if you know, yeah, it wasn't the popular tribute band uh, at the time because you know most people would rather hear something from the '70s that was more simpler to play or something from the '80s that was more fun to play. Me as a musician, I was challenged by the music rush, and that's why I did it. And yeah, I didn't want to take the easy way. I wanted to, um, you know, cut my teeth playing songs that I love that were difficult and that I didn't care if there was five, ten, or a hundred people in the audience. I said, you know what? No matter what, I'm going to go out there and and do it. And that's what these guys do. They bring it every time. At the end of the day, you got to enjoy what you're playing. Okay, so you take you by doing that, you take a stand. And you're just like, all right, fine. I mean, it's like, well, that's the reason why I never got into a wedding band. You know what I mean? Because it's it's just not my thing. You know, it's like I don't want to play songs or standards that people, like, dance to at, at a reception hall, you know? I wanted to rock out. I wanted to play music that I thought was, like, just amazing and that moved me. And I wanted to show that to people that came to see us. You got to do what you love and you got to love what you do. And we hope that that comes through you know, to the audience when we're playing. Yeah, because, you know, this, this it's definitely a labor of love. You know, we're, we're not getting paid, like, you know, I mean, it's like we're, we're in the red. Mm. You know, we're completely in the red when, when it comes to, like, when it comes to equipment and rehearsals and, and just, like, moving stuff back and forth and, and playing gigs and stuff, we're, we're broke. <laughs> we all got day jobs, man. You know, it's like we're not doing this for the money. We're doing it because we love the band. Right. I play guitar all day long. Well, for the people that never really heard of Thin Lizzy, what 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 could you tell them to check out Thin Lizzy? Stop thinking of you know boys are back in town. What do they really have to get into listening and to to get into Thin Lizzy? I'd say you got to check out Live and Dangerous. That's, you know, that's their... This is, you know, this, the two live albums and Dedication. Oh, we're back to Dedication again. Yeah. <laughs> that seems a theme. You know, I mean, it's yeah. like, if, if you're going to, if you're going to, like, you know, sell Thinlessy to a novice, you will need <laughs> Dedication. <laughs> you will need Dedication. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm on board Live and Dangerous. I think it's a really great 
you know, if you want to get to like, okay, the boys are back in town. It's like, like, you know, the gateway. If you really want to fall into, fall into like the, the, the rabbit hole, as I say, Live in Danger is a great book. All the songs are great. It's a great Absolutely. live record. The performances are fantastic. And the song, mm-hmm. it's, all yes. about the, it's all about the songs. Yeah. Lizzie has the songs, man. So. And if you're a true music fan, you will, you know, at, at some point, you know, get delving beyond the surface and, and see what, what a great lyricist Phil Lynott was. And, yeah. And the musicianship from whatever lineup you want to choose has been yeah he'll he'll do that incredible. too though Phil Lynott will like pique your interest no doubt you know with his lyrics and stuff and the way he he uh, paints a to me and to me he uh, yeah the, that slice of life working class yes uh, point of view Blue collar. I think yeah. he's uh, I think he should be held in the same regard as uh, Springsteen yes and Morrison yep I, I think he's in the the man yeah absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, if we haven't heard of Thin Lizzy, please go check out you know Black Rose, any albums that we've mentioned on this whole show. I mean, even a Best of, whatever. Just go check them out, and you'll you're gonna love Thin Lizzy. You know, between uh, Phil's poetry, lyrics, and just the 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 musicianship that they all had together, just everything's just awesome. You know, jailbreak's not a bad place to start. Come to think of it, you what know, isn't? What was it? Jailbreak, the album Jailbreak. Yeah, That's Jailbreak too. Yeah. Every album, every song in that album is amazing. Yeah, that's definitely not a bad place to start. Nope, not at all. I mean, dangerous. As a matter of fact, is that and actually out? with Jailbreak, you're getting you know two songs you've heard on the radio, and actually three songs. The Cowboy song is always on the radio as well. Yeah. So you know you're getting three songs you're going to be familiar with, and then you get to listen to the rest of the album and then get into the band more. So I feel it's it's like really substantial stuff. So it's there's not a bad song on that album. Not at all. Lou, anything else you want to add before we head out of here now? This time for real. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Just, you know, my love for Thin Lizzy is eternal. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, am I allowed to plug the uh, oh, yes, podcast? Plug, of course. Yeah. Thank you. So you can also check <laughs> out my... <laughs> all right, we're leaving now. Bye. Oh, fuck it. I know, I'm messing, I'm messing. Uh, you know, you can check out the Music is Life podcast on the Ratsaw Review Network and anywhere where you can find your fine available podcasts. And also check out my YouTube page, Music is Life Podcast. Um, I need to put more content up there. So I'm actually looking up the past episodes that I did with you, Wayne. Yeah. Even though I don't have the video for it, I'm going to probably put some photos up on there to uh, add some background to uh, the things that we're talking about. So that includes finding still shots from Cannibal Holocaust, your favorite film, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, some other stuff. I'm definitely looking forward to putting up that a Joker episode that we did with Papa Don. That's going to okay. be fun. Yeah. But cool. uh, again, you know, Wayne, thank you for having me on. Uh, no the high muckety muck of uh, Ratsaw Review. And so, shout out. That's my line. And salute to the Grand Poobah, Greg Noggle. And thank you to three fourths of Bad Habits, Chris, Jerry, and Rich. And cheers to Gordon. Hope you're doing well, buddy. Thank you guys for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Really appreciate you guys. And uh, hopefully, you know, I will finally get out to a show. If we ever allowed to go out again and you know see live shows, I will definitely come to see you guys. Awesome. Thank you. If not, I'll drag him. I'm coming. I'm throwing you in the trunk. We're going. (laughs) Put a mask on him when you do that. <laughs> yes, of course. But uh, ratsaldreview.com, please check out all of our shows, uh, Lou shows as well on there, uh, South Park shows. Just go check out ratsaldreview.com, buy a t shirt, and we'll see you guys next time. And don't forget, Thin Lizzy, go check out their albums, and then go check out Bad Habits, the tribute band. See you next time. Bye. Cheers. Appreciate it. Ciao. Thank you.